Welcome friends, this is James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. Today is the 17th of February 2014 here in the land of the rising sun and today we're joined from Austin, Texas by Nicholas Lucier, who, Lucier, <laughs> I'm sorry, I think I've already messed that up. We just practiced <laughs> the pronunciation. But Nicholas is a uh, an H2O, a healthy H2O campaigner in Austin, Texas, who is working to raise awareness of and get the fluoride taken out of the Austin water supply. So Nicholas, thank you so much for joining us and please correct me on my terrible pronunciation of your name. Oh, you did fine. Lucier. <laughs> Lucier. Yes, sir. Uh, we just practiced it and it completely <laughs> left my head. All right. <laughs> well, for those of you who, uh, for those in the audience who don't know about yourself or the, the work that you're doing there in Austin, let's talk a little bit about that and, uh, and talk about uh, Austin's water generally, because obviously Austin is another one of those major urban centers that fluoridates its water. Let's talk a little bit about that issue and how you became interested in it. All right. Uh, originally, I came to Austin to study government at the University of Texas, um, and over my studies there, uh, slowly became aware of more generally the issues uh, affecting the country, I suppose. Um, became aware of the fluoridation of the water supply here in America about 2010. Um, since then, I've continued on with my studies, actually hopped into Austin Community College here to finish up my degree at UT while pursuing their commercial music management program, um, which is kind of what brought me into line with uh, my buddy Jason Needham, uh, whose idea originally it was to have the hunger strike uh, to bring more awareness and actually end uh, the artificial fluoridation of the water here. That's right, and I'm sure that many of my listeners have probably did catch some of the uh, the alternative media coverage about that hunger strike. But for those who didn't, let's talk a little bit about that and what it is you guys did there at uh, Austin City Hall, was it? Yes. Uh, on the steps of Austin City Hall, uh, we were out there 24-7. Uh, we actually pushed it to 14 days uh, for the hunger strike, bringing awareness. Uh, we had a little arts and crafts day before we went out there and made a bunch of cool signs and just did our best to hang on for as long as we could. We actually had some of the coldest nights of the year while we were out there. Um, we were out there over New Year's, um, so we had a lot of foot traffic, and hopefully we did our job in raising awareness in the community. Well, hopefully so, but as you indicated in your emails to me before we started this interview, um, unfortunately, once again, there, uh, unsurprisingly, there was a mainstream media blackout of the issue, but uh, mm. unfortunately, it's, it's still, it's nonetheless disappointing, as unsurprising as it may be. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about the, the fluoride issue. This is something that I've covered on, on the Corbett Report time and time again in the past, so I hope my longtime listeners won't need much of an introduction to this issue, mm. but there's always new listeners out there and new people tuning in, so let's Let's talk a little bit about the issue of water fluoridation and why this is something that we need to raise awareness of. So here in Austin, uh, I know firsthand from getting in touch with the water utilities company that we do source it from a company called Mosaic in Minnesota, and it is hydrofluorosilicic acid that comes from the phosphate in uh, industry. Uh, it's a toxic waste until it hits a tanker and, and reaches your local water supply. And then all of a sudden, it's medicine. It's, it's a magic trick and route. Exactly right. I mean, for people who think this is some kind of medical-grade sodium fluoride that they're uh, putting mm. into, the, uh, into the water supply with doctors looking over it, of course mm. it isn't. It really is just a toxic byproduct. And this is something that so few people are aware of. They, they just automatically associate this issue with, with crazy conspiracy nuts and, uh, oh, purity of essence and other such uh, uh, ridiculous uh, non-thinking mm. responses. So the Indeed. hunger strike was an attempt to raise awareness of this. Talk a little bit about that idea and how it came about about 
So I'm very, uh, throughout the art community here, um, I have some friends from back home in Wichita Falls that now live here, and so I've kind of made inroads with them. Um, that's how I met Jason Needham, and he actually is a neighbor of mine that lives right around the corner from me, and called me up one day, said he had had a dream the night before about his teeth literally falling out due to the water, and wanted to have a hunger strike, uh, that that was the first thing that came to mind when he woke from the dream was hunger strike, and that is how he wanted to pursue bringing the artificial fluoridation to an end as soon as possible, and he was very passionate and adamant about it. And because of my political inclinings, he approached me about the best way to go about it. And after researching the history um, of the presentations done by toxicologists, chemists, and local dentists to our city council over the past five years, I thought the natural progression in civil disobedience would be a hunger strike. And I agreed with him and uh, agreed to sign on. Um, we Googled how to do a press release. Uh, we Googled how to do a hunger strike safely. Uh, we learned as we went. Um, we had a terrific support team of about two or three people that really stepped up to help us in the process. And we put the press releases out. Uh, we, we informed city council well beforehand, and we gave them an opportunity to respond. They, of course, de declined to even acknowledge our existence over the 14 days that we were there. Um, it, was, it was really surprising. We actually had the traditional media come out the very first day that we were there, we had high hopes, our expectations were there, and nothing ever came of it. Uh, I think they aired maybe a 15-second clip the next morning. Nothing was ever posted to the web. No articles were ever written about it. And with the local uh, Austin Chronicle, um, they actually attached our photo to uh, a series that they were doing on Obamacare, which I think completely got the message mixed up. But... Again, unsurprising, but uh, nonetheless disappointing. Well, tell us about the general public and their reaction to the hunger strike. The first couple days was pretty rough. Uh, we had a couple people honking as they drove by. We were right there in the heart of the city where traffic is gridlocked every day at 5. So we really had prime location. Um, we had a lot of people come by and wish us good luck. We actually started a petition about day 3 or 4. Uh, a lot of great support bringing us out water. Uh, we just subsisted on coffee and tea from Austin Java right down the street because of how cold it was. Um, and we had read that caffeine wasn't a good idea for a hunger strike, but in an effort to keep warm, we were doing what we thought we could. Well, that must have been pretty rough. Uh, but So it was uh, 14 days? How was that Four at the end of that uh, that time period? Well, by the end of it, we had lost, uh, we had a little portable speaker that I really felt was keeping our spirits high with music throughout the throughout the strike. And it had frayed out, and we lost it on day 13. And by day 14, man, we were at our wits' end, and it seemed like we were chomping at each other, and it, we, we thought it was about time to call it um, for health reasons, really. Well, still, you, you put your health on the line much more so than a lot of people who are interested in this, uh, in, in, in this issue. So I, I salute you for doing that and, and helping to raise that awareness. And I understand that you're parlaying this into um, not, not, just a, uh, not just a campaign, but a political action committee, the Healthy H2O Austin PAC. Tell us about that organization. So during the hunger strike, we met a, a group of tremendous local activists that we had no idea of their existence beforehand. And they brought to us the knowledge of, uh, in Texas, we have a home rule initiative, as long as your city amendment allows for it, which in Austin we do. And that's the main reason we're going back to geographical representation with 
uh, November 2014 city council elections for the first time in 100 years. And so we're using that same policy, that same uh, a ballot initiative to bring it to a vote, which requires 20,000 signatures to get it on the ballot this November. We'll be following the same footsteps as they did for the 10-1 plan. And all we can do is hope for the best. Uh, we hooked up with Unacceptable Levels director Ed Brown to speak at their viewing here just a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's a documentary he's currently traveling the nation with. And we're looking to bring it back here for public awareness and do outdoor park viewings in the spring and summer, which is something traditionally Austin has here. What would you say the general level of awareness in the public on this issue is in Austin? You know, we like to label ourselves a progressive city, um, but it doesn't reflect when it comes to the knowledge of the fluoridation program. You have the CDC telling you it's one of the best things of the 20th century, and I find, that, I find it very ironic that, you know, just 50 years ago, we were fighting a war to end practices like this, and now they're being instilled with our, without us doing a thing about it. You know, we don't need barbed wire fences anymore. We just need government telling us it's okay. Well, that's, I think, the real issue for, for my own uh, sake. Uh, if people want to believe that this is somehow healthy for them to, to drink um, fluoride as if uh, drinking sunscreen would protect you from a sunburn, if people want to believe that, that's fine, but uh, don't subject myself or my family to it um, by, right. by forcing everyone to do it. And the free market says you should buy a filter that adds fluoride to your water. Instead of paying for one to remove it. Exactly. It's, it is so ridiculous that, uh, that, again, you couldn't make this up, but, uh, but unfortunately, uh, generations of conditioning have forced the or have persuaded the public that this is actually in their best interests. So Indeed, it is it now up to us to raise awareness of this issue and, and hopefully turn that tide. And that tide is turning gradually. And we see that in places like Portland and other places that have uh, not only uh, refused the water, but in some other places around America and in other countries as well in Canada, um, uh, other places have actually taken it out of the water supply. So there is a turning of the tide, but it is very slow. So hopefully this yes. is part of a raising, uh, raising awareness that's going on generally. And for people who are interested in Healthy H2O Austin and how they can get on board with helping you guys to do what you're doing, um, tell us a little bit about that. So right now we have a Facebook group called Healthy H2O Austin. And also, if you'd like to become involved in any other ways, HealthyH2Oaustin at gmail.com is the email address we can be reached at. Uh, we're just getting together with an attorney to draw up legislation and we're just filing everything with the IRS to be legal there. Uh, so we'll be starting a crowdsourcing fund here soon enough to propel us into November. Excellent. And just to clarify, that is H, the letter H, the number two, and the letter O, H2O. So. Yes, sir. Thank you for clarifying. No problem. Well, I'm very excited about this, and I'm, I hope we can have you on again in the future to talk about this campaign as it develops, because certainly I do hope that the people of Austin and everywhere else where this practice is being done will be able to turn that tide as we've been talking about. So, uh, so Nicholas, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, James. I can't say it too many times, and I really appreciate all the work you're doing to bring awareness to the globe.